Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone, and a gracious welcome to those of you listening to our podcast. Uh, this morning, we're using uh, Jim Rosemergy's book, Even Mystics Have Bills to Pay. This is our Prosperity Month. And for those of you who maybe weren't here the last couple of Sundays, let me do the, the briefest of recaps to, to catch you up. The first week, we talked about how God responds to our thinking. That idea that uh, as we believe, it is true for us. Our experience of the world, of course, based on our beliefs and expectations. We expanded that a bit last week by focusing on our state of abundance as a reflection of three things. Where we put our attention, what we expect we're going to get out of life, and our ability to grow in faith. Today I want to take a separate tactic, and I'll explain why. So far, we've been working on the push of the push-me-pull-you. Everyone familiar with the push-me-pull-you creature from Dr. Doolittle? Uh, so it was a mythical creature that had heads on both ends of the animal. So one end uh, looked kind of llama-ish, at least in the illustrated book that I had. And because it had two heads on the two ends of the animal, when one side of the animal was pushing... The other side of the animal had to be pulling, and vice versa, and so that's how it got to be named the push-me-pull-you. Okay, and enough of childhood uh, stories. The reason why that's important, or the reason why I hope it will uh, remind you of it later, is that so often our finances and our abundance in life is dictated by whether we feel it pushing at us or pulling us forward. So let me explain. Many of us are pushed into greater financial stability because of our bills, because of a feeling of not enough, because of uh, a car breaks down and we need uh, resources uh, uh, to have it fixed, because suddenly um, our children are ready for college and we have a $35,000 bill to look forward to. And so often we increase our uh, awareness of abundance, our, our ability to be more abundant in life because we're being pushed into it. Literally, I got to pay these bills. I got this mortgage payment. I have this rent payment, which they raised again, right? It's the issues in our life, the places where we begin feeling the pinch Another way of thinking of it is when our finances are, are pinching us or feeling constricted, that causes us to need to grow our fi- in our finances, right? So that is actually a source of price, prosperity is that push. Now the trouble with that push is we can handle it in a couple ways. And I'll tell you the most common way. The most common way is, well, I got to work harder, I got to get a second job. I need to put in for overtime hours. Maybe I'll be a, a, a Lyft driver in the evening, right? Maybe I'll do whatever I need in the physical world. Since it's a physical issue, then in the physical world, I'm going to try to match that. Whether it's a, a second job or more hours or you know, 
we won't give the kids so much for their allowance. I don't know. We probably all have different plans. But, but the idea anyway is somehow I will overcome this in the physical world because that's where it presents itself. Now those of us who have been in science of mind for a while though know, of course, that we have spiritual tools to help for that. So if I need to have the car repaired, I can pray for perfect transportation and the car will get repaired, right? The level of my faith and belief using science of mind principles. If, if I want to pray knowing that my children have an excellent education, scholarships and other things will come to the family in a way that don't necessarily require us to work harder. That's using the law of cause and effect, and we talked about that briefly last week, to satisfy a specific need, right? I need to have the car fixed. Uh, I need to be able to pay a little more in rent because they raised it, whatever it is. We can do some science of mind treatment around that to change our thinking, what we can accept in our lives and move on. The trouble with that, though, we're still responding to the push. And we'll pray up a storm and do a great job of using our spiritual principles until what happens? Something else pushes at us until the other car breaks down or until the roof needs to be repaired or until some other quote financial crisis comes up and then we have to work hard metaphysically mind you <laughs> we don't have to get a second job but we still have to be on point to use to be aware of and use what we believe in the science of mind in terms of prayer and meditation and do you see where i'm going with this responding to the push of our finances only ever just gets us satisfied for the moment with how we are. So the other side of the push me, pull you is the pull. And I got to tell you, when you are being pulled forward into life, into your greatness, into your dreams, into a greater experience of uh, your higher power, your authentic self, into some dream of service to the universe, suddenly all the resources you need appear out of nowhere. You don't have to pray about them. You don't have to worry about them. You certainly don't have to get a second job or work harder to receive them. When you are in that flow of life, all the resources you need are forthwith. Anything that you could need or want to, uh, to further that in the world is provided to you. Let me use a, a couple examples here because we're used, of course, we're used to thinking in very worldly terms. And so many of us are employed in what we think of as a job or as a vocation, and we tend to think that of, as the, the source of our good, right? That's, that's where the money comes from that I pay my bills and so on. But what if instead you viewed your job or your vocation as your spiritual mission on earth? Now let me use a, an easy example, and then I'll use a hard example. First, the easy example. Let's say maybe you're... Uh, a doctor or in some kind of a helping profession, right? How easy it is to see health itself coming through you as something that you uniquely provide to the universe, right? As, a, as some kind of a healer in the, healthy, in, in the health pr profession. So very easy to see that God is actually working through you to get God's work done in the world. And when you 
treat your job in that way as a, as a health professional, oh my gosh, are you not enriched by that life? Do the contacts come to you? Do not the personal abundance come to you, right? Everything that you need to provide that blessing to the planet, when you view it as a blessing to the planet anyway, anything that you need is there for you. Okay, that was the easy example. And, and I'm going to do the hard one too, because if I don't, one of you later will come to me and say, but I'm a mechanic, or, or I do retail sales at Target. <laughs> it's like, how is doing retail sales at Target a blessing to the world? Well, let's back up. Let us back up for a moment. Because we, have the hu we humans have the tendency to make judgments about other people, other professions, other ways of being. What if you viewed retail sales as God's absolute blessed way of getting people what they needed to make their lives happy and secure? Now think about this for a moment. Because doing retail at Target, maybe we perceive poorly, uh, 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 poorly reimbursed. Maybe, maybe we view it as needing not much training, and so therefore somehow it's a less than job. I don't think so. If we approach it that way, then yes. But if we approach it from the idea that people will always need an avenue by which they can get the things they need to, to thrive and do well in the world. Suddenly, retail sales starts looking like a God-given talent to do it well, to really make sure that people are walking away with the things that they need, the things that will profit them, the things that will make a difference in their lives. And being an auto mechanic, oh my gosh, what could be more important for the divine than to make sure the different pieces of the divine can get around in the world and do what they need to do and show up where they need to show up. It's absolutely a God-given talent to be able to fix engines and repair motors, right? Do you see where I'm going with this? One of the ways that we begin pulling the resources to us is when we feel on target in what we bring to this planet. Now, some of you may even say, well, Larry, my job is really uh, pretty untraditional. Or, or maybe uh, I'm retired. I would suggest, though, you still have a mission on the planet. You don't have to be installed in some traditional job, some particular vocation to have a mission on this planet. It may not be as easy to define, but it is still there. It may be about bringing love into a family that desperately needs it. It may be about providing the, the sustenance and doing the cooking and household chores that really hold a family together and make a difference in the world. I, I can't predict what it might be for you as individuals, but I do know that each of us has an amazing spiritual purpose to be here on this planet. And when we're conscious of that, and we have a sense of planning for it, liter literally, how am I to be magnificent today in my plan for, you know, see if I was a realtor, it would be uh, uniting people with their place of love and comfort, right? Not just selling them a house, but uniting people 
with their place of love and comfort, right? Do you, do you see how this works? We begin reframing what we do and who we are in terms of God doing God's work through you. And when that happens, the resources will show up. God always wants to profit its efforts in the world. Uh, it wants to fully support the grace being given out. And when we're a part of that, the money, the resources, everything will actually flow to you. And that is, that is the pull. Then you don't even have to worry about the pushes anymore because they won't be there. You'll have the resources you need and you won't feel that, uh, that tug, that, uh, that, that pushing effect of overdue bills or unexpected things breaking and how am I going to pay for that. Make sense? Okay. I think it's time for the joke of the week. So Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson go on a camping trip. Well, it, it could happen. <laughs> a- after a good dinner and a bottle of wine, they retire for the night and go to sleep. Some hours later, Holmes wakes up and nudges his faithful old friend. Watson, look up. Look up at the sky and tell me what you see. Well, said Watson, kind of groggily, I, I see millions of stars, Holmes. And what do you deduce from that, says Holmes. Watson ponders for a moment. Well, astrologically, it tells me there are millions of galaxies, potentially billions of other habitable planets. Astrologically, I can observe that Saturn is uh, arised in Leo. Horologically, I I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past 3 a.m., Meteorologically, I suspect we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. And theologically, I can see that God is the all-powerful creator and that we are a small but integral part of its creation. What does it tell you, Holmes? Holmes is silent for a moment. Watson, you idiot, someone has stolen our tent. (laughs) Now, uh... Yeah, I know. Some of you are like, usually his jokes tie into the talk somehow. Uh, Well, you might think this is me saying that in addition to getting money, we need to be more responsible for it. We need to pay more attention to what's going on, not lifting our eyes up into the sky. But that would be wrong. I'm actually siding with Watson on this one. When we look up, when we really see ourselves from the perspective of the divine, that is where our riches really unfold. And I want to read to you a little bit from uh, Even Mystics Have Bills to Pay, and I think you'll see what I'm getting at. It really goes beyond the pushing and the pulling into a new way of seeing abundance entirely. He says, when we are consciously one with God, We can no longer actually want. We already have everything. There is nothing for which we might ask. This awareness is the herald of true riches and well-being. It is more than a feeling of security that gives us solace in the moment. It is evidence of a consciousness that we first feel as fulfillment, but which will, like any state of consciousness, manifest itself as our life experiences. Through it, our earthly 
needs are always met. Let me back up and read this again. It first manifests as a consciousness that we feel as fulfillment. So when you really sense that you are one with the divine, when you orient your life towards that idea of looking up, the natural feeling that goes with it is fulfillment, that being at one with the universe. And of course, as we know in Science of Mind, when you're feeling fulfilled, when you have that acceptance of fulfillment, then all of your needs will be fulfilled. You don't have to puzzle it out. You don't have to figure it out. You don't even have to anticipate it. When you are one with spirit, you are simply blessed because spirit always blesses itself. It's no longer, how do I get something from God? It's how do I enjoy what I already have in God. It's no longer scrambling on how to pay for bills, that, that push that we might feel. It's like bills, oh, oh yeah, I pay the bills, right? Suddenly things like bills just become something that's a doingness in the world and of, of little consequence. It's not even the pull of your, your dream of you doing God's work anymore, anymore because in a sense you are part of God. It's simply God doing God's business through you. That's why that level of contentment can be there. That's why that, that sense of well-being is there because there's no separation between you and the divine, no separation between you and your good. All right, now some of you, I hope, are ready to do a little pushback on this because this all sounds nice and lofty and what you have grown, I hope to expect from me, is, is a little, okay, so how do I get there, right? Because so far I've just been describing a concept, but we need to know somehow to get from here to there, to get from feeling our needs or even f uh, rolling forward with our passions where we're, we're supported by the divine. How do I get from one of those two states, which most of us are in, uh, one or the other, how do I get from there to feeling that unity? Well, first of all, anything that causes you to do that look up, to see yourself through the divine creator itself, allows you to be part of that divine creation in a way that's visceral, allows you to use that divine creative power. So, of course, when you're in meditation, when you're in prayer, when you do some of the traditional things that we talk about in terms of uh, connecting into our, our higher power, our higher wisdom self, everything from going to an AA meeting uh, to being in deep meditation, any of, any of these kinds of things that bring us closer to our higher power, to really being able to listen in to that still small voice and said, that's what gets us close. So there are all of those traditional means. I mean, we're coming up in a few weeks to our Wednesday night meditation service, certainly coming here on Sunday, your own personal spiritual practices of meditation and prayer, all of those things get you closer to the divine allow you to begin seeing yourself as doing God's work in the world rather than you and God being somehow separate entities that, that have trouble speaking with one another. But I would also like to point out that you also can take a more practical approach to this as well. 
And next time when a money issue comes up, rather than first going to the place of how do I figure this out in the material world, right? So let's just say uh, you got an outrageous bill. We got one the other day. Well, actually, it was a, a year, almost exactly a year ago. We got a $900 water bill from the, uh, the city of Portland. Apparently, there had been a, a leak in, in our... Uh, uh, in one of our outdoor faucety things, and uh, and so we owed them like nine hundred dollars for the three month period. You know, when a bill like that comes up, the natural response where most people will go is, "Well, how am I going to pay for this?" Or maybe I can talk them out of it, or maybe I can do it in installments. And it's all about figuring out the mechanics of it, right? But in the end, it would tend to imply I'm going to have to do a lot of work around this, right? I'm either going to have to work more or dip into retirement or something to pay for it, or I'm going to have to do a whole lot of work to try to get out of it. Maybe, maybe if it's a leak, they'll let me pay half of it, or maybe they'll let me bill it over nine. But in any case, we're looking at work, right? Instead, what would it mean to look up? What would it mean to look as though God were my source and not my job, and not the Portland Water Bureau, right? What would it mean to look up? Well, first of all, it would mean that I'm not hostile when I call the water company, right? Because there's as much love and God in the person at the Portland Water Bureau that I'm going to be talking to as there is in me. And so when I'm looking up, I'm noticing that the world is in the right space, and so am I. I'm noticing that everyone and everything connected with this situation is also part of God. And so when I'm on the phone, I'm calm and loving to the person I'm talking to. You can imagine, for one thing, people on customer complaint lines on any of the major utilities, you know, can you imagine what that job is, is like? So first of all, can I be a, actually be a blessing to the person on the other end of that line? And so that's how I start out. You know, it's so good to talk to you. I, I got a bill, and I have to admit, we're a little shocked. <laughs> We've never had a $900 water bill before. And uh, I'm sure you deal with issues like this all the time. Maybe you can help me understand how it happens, what can be done about it, if there's anything to prevent it from happening again. And oh my gosh, they were so nice to me. They actually had us look, you know, they, they, of course they deal with this all the day, you know, as one of the toilets running, and it was a, a checkoff little list that she was so kind to work down with me, and, and so one of it was, well, do you have outdoor faucets? Well, you know, <laughs> take a look. Sure enough, one was hooked up to a soaker hose and had been running the in, little bit, but running the entire three-month period. Do you know what she said? She said, just fix it and we'll write it off. When you begin looking at things through the eyes of God, so, so, what, was, so what, was, what was me as God doing, right? I was trading, I was simply 
treating a person in the world with dignity and love as I would always wish to be treated. It was just that subtle shift that so often we fail to make. I was God's emissary in the world talking to this person on the other end of the phone. That was the only thing that was different. I was looking at things through God's eyes. In God's eyes, there is only love. In God's eyes, there's plenty enough water, plenty enough money, plenty enough everything for everybody. In God's mind, this can be sorted out without any pain or any effort. That was what I was being in the world, and it was taken care of. So that's my suggestion for this week and my little bit of homework, if you're willing, is next time something comes up that kind of takes your breath away or gives you consternation in terms of your finances, to look up, to do the Dr. Watson thing and see it from God's perspective. In God's perspective, there's never a lack. There's never a worry. In God's perspective, there is only love and connection. In God's perspective, there is that ability of peaceful communication with other people. I know one of the things that tears families apart can be money, right? How money was spent, how money is going to be spent, the fact that there's not enough and someone's job isn't, doesn't pay as well as someone else's job. When we look up, we see that we're all in this together. When we look up, we understand that the, any of our needs can be satisfied from that one true source. It's not dependent on a job. It's not dependent on uh, a check that comes once a month on the 1st and the 15th. It's not dependent on my so-called fixed income. The universe has an infinite, infinite way of blessing you. And if you are open to it, if you look up and see that infinity of possibilities, and simply do your part to be God in the world, if you will, to allow God to work through you as you're talking through issues, as you're resolving problems, oh my gosh, you will be blessed. So I want to close today with uh, a quote from Even Mystics Have Bills to Pay. And I I will admit I'm cheating a little bit. Normally I read the day that... uh, Uh, in the 40-day plan that goes with today. And so by rights, those of you who are keeping track would say, well, we're on day 15. I want to just skip ahead to Wednesday, if if you don't, or no, excuse me, it's Tuesday, if you don't mind, day after tomorrow, uh, because I think the reading uh, just so beautifully says what I've been hoping to say uh, for the last 20 minutes. Day 17, in uh, even mystics have bills to pay. Poverty is believing that earthly things make me rich and secure. The human viewpoint is that I am poor when I have little money and few earthly possessions. The mystical viewpoint is that I am poor when I am without a consciousness of God and that my poverty will worsen when I believe that earthly things make me rich. Those who experience the closer walk with God yearn for that which endures and cannot be taken away by thieves or even death itself. For too long I have been poor, not because I had little, but because I did not want which makes me rich, a relationship with spirit. Now I am prepared for the riches of the presence. And then the advice is to carry this statement throughout the day. 
Dear God, my friend, without you I am poor. With you I am rich, no matter how little I have. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. There is only this one thing, and I'm right in the middle of it, infinitely connected to it, this thing called God. And what I know about me, in the middle, as part of God, I am completely sourced. There is no worries about where money or resources, where friends and collaborators are concerned. They are as close to me as my breath and my thought. That is me acting as God in the world, just being me, just doing what I do best as God. I look up frequently. When trouble comes my way, I try to see it from God's infinite perspective and act accordingly. And as it is true for me, I know it can be true for each person within the hearing of my voice. Every person on this planet can choose to look up. There is that ability to see our circumstances in our world from that divine perspective. And as we bless the world, as we show up and do our uh, authentic best to bring more love, and to bring more light, to bring more joy and health and whatever it is we do, whether it's a, for a living, as a vocation, uh, just as our personal best, when we are living in that space, we are blessed. And so for this, I give great thanks. I give thanks for that greater awareness of the infinity of God and my place in it. I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.